I want to ask a question. Let's get started here today. <clears throat> How many of you want to be a part of some group, some organization, some team, some family, something that has no values? Nobody. Nobody wants that. Um, anytime that we attach ourselves or that we identify ourselves with an organization, we always want to be associated with an entity um, that has some good values, some good ones. <clears throat> before we get involved, before we get our kids uh, involved, before we align ourselves with some group or some uh, company or a person or even a church, we want to make sure that we know and agree with their values. Values are what shape us. It's what shapes our results in our life. It's what shapes our careers. It's what shapes our kids, our families, our life. Um, it's what uh, supports our direction in life, our purpose, our beliefs, our vision. It even supports our decisions in many cases. What we value is important. It's important. So we thought we'd start off 2019 with, um, by sharing the bridge core values in, a, in our very first uh, series of the year in 2019 that we're calling uh, The Nine. <clears throat> and this is a two-week series. <laughs> I guess we'll go ahead and take all nine. Uh, nine weeks. But we're going... As Dustin's already started, we're going in reverse order. And we started with how many remember number nine? Okay, what was it? This is a test. Yeah, light always wins. Acts chapter 13, we use that verse. The Lord gives us the following order. He says, I made you a light. Now go be the light to the world. And um, Jesus is the light. If you have the Lord inside you, you're a light to the world, or at least you should be, all right? And then the next week, or last week, number eight, is always a student at heart. And the core of this is humility and being humble and, you know, hey, listen, I don't know everything. Um, most things, but not everything, no. Um, Proverbs 9 says, give instruction to a wise person, and what does he do? He becomes wiser with that. Uh, he doesn't say, hey, I, I already got this covered, <clears throat> Today, by the way, would somebody, um, uh, let's see, Jared Thacker, would you do me a favor? Would you go back on the printer, and there are some handouts um, that I'd like for you to just start handing out. Somebody help him when he comes back in, just to start getting it around here pretty quick. <clears throat> but I'd like for you to, when he gets them here, write down, so get your pens out, uh, if you have one, and borrow one, the next door, neighbor, or whatever, but you can get those out. Three people, um, I'd like you to write down who you'd like to invite to the bridge. Three people, all right? That's pretty easy. Three people, three people, but this is important, that you'd like to introduce to Jesus Christ. Um, three people who you love, um, and you know that they're maybe even struggling and and they don't have the answer for what they're going through. Maybe it's a family member, a cousin, a brother, um, a parent or a child or whatever. Three people who you love and that need to change a change in their lives really bad. Um, you don't even know if they even believe in God or if they ever did. But you do know that Jesus can transform their life because he's done it for you. 
okay? Um, You know that he can give them peace. He can give them joy. He can help them. Uh, So I want you to go ahead and I want you to think about it now. And whoever it is that you would like to invite, whoever it is that you'd like to write down, just think about it. If If they'd come to the bridge and God would change their life, oh my gosh, how incredible that would be. And I want you to think about that person. Write them down. And what I'd like for you to do, I'd like you to hang on to that list. I'll come back to it in just a little bit. But let's move on to number seven today. Our value that we want to talk about today. Number seven is, would you sign it? Would you sign it? We believe that every job, big or small, is a self-portrait of the person or persons involved in bringing that task to life. So we will autograph our work with what? With quality and excellence and excellence. Colossians today, I think it's important that we do things right, don't you? Colossians chapter three, verse 23 says, whatever you do, that's whatever. Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart, everything in you, as working for who? The Lord, not for your boss, but for the Lord. You may be working at work, but you're doing it for him, not for the boss. So the first thing I would like to do is I would like to start off uh, with uh, playing a quick video. And this is a video of my son, my eldest son, on his last birthday as he's opening up his birthday gifts. So if you can crank the lights down and turn up the, show the movie there. Can you help me? Isn't that awesome? Hello! Yummy, yummy, yummy! Another one. That was the second one. Another. Not the same one. Yeah. I've been holding on to mine for crafted lunch. Why don't you just look in the bag? Yeah, it's, it's kind of snug fit. I'm, I'm kind of... Oh, Lordy. Oh, goodness. Oh goodness, Daddy's getting too excited. Yep. Oh goodness. You hold that, buddy. You want to hold this? Oh goodness. What? What? Are you kidding me? What? Are you kidding?
All right. <clears throat> That's my son. <laughs> what, what would make a 33-year-old man, a husband, a father, that silly and that excited about a pair of basketball shoes? I don't know. Um, that, if you know my son, that was genuine excitement. All you had to do was look at his eyes when he saw that box and he looked over at Tara as if, is this what I think it is? I'm telling you, that dude has been wanting those. Those are his good shoes. He does not play basketball in those shoes. He's wore them twice and he puts them away, you know, and, and stores them. I don't know what they're for, but that's what he does. Um, and so why would he do something like that? It's all because of one thing. It's called the goat. Anybody know who I'm talking about? Greatest of all time, the goat. Um, that, that, that was genuine excitement. My, both my sons love sports and they love the game of basketball, and they've been playing competitively from the time that they were just little boys. And as much as they liked to talk smack about LeBron James being better than MJ, one look at that video, and that tells all you need to know. One look. I don't care what they tell you. I don't care what they say. That's really the truth right there. Why was Devin so excited? I watched um, I watched an ESPN 30 for 30 episode if you haven't seen those, those are pretty good. It was called Jordan Rides the Bus. It was about Jordan uh, in his first retirement and stepping away from basketball and starting to play baseball. And after he had just won back-to-back-to-back championships with the Chicago Bulls, and out of the blue, he retires from basketball and signs a contract with a minor league team, the White Sox minor league team, and played for the Birmingham Barons. Birmingham Barons. When he signed that contract, I want you to listen close. Five minutes after he signed uh, with the Barons, the line for the tickets started and they didn't stop until he left. Five minutes after. I want you to listen close to this. In just a half day of selling tickets, in just a half day, they had sold more tickets in that half day than any previous entire season. The other minor leaguers who were on the Barons, the other minor leaguers who got the chance to play against Jordan uh, became like ecstatic because they knew, even if they never made it to the major leagues, they knew what it was like to play to a sold out crowd, standing room only every single night, every single game. They said that as an outfielder, uh, Jordan, he would get there early in the morning when the pitchers got there and he would go into the batting practice in the batting cage and begin to practice early in the morning. Nobody else would do that. And then whenever the rest of the team would come, he'd jump into the cages with the rest of the team and he'd practice hitting during the rest of the team. And then right before the game, he'd go into the batting cages and he'd hit some more and practice his, his hitting. And then after the game, everybody's going home. Well, not Michael Jordan. He would go into the batting cages and practice even some more. 
It wasn't even a full season into his baseball career when the major league players went on strike and so Michael left baseball. But in that short time, he went from striking out just about every time and, and, or, or just barely getting a little bit of wood on the, on the ball and, and, and to all of a sudden towards the end of the, the little time that he was there, driving the ball into the gas with authority. I mean, this, this guy worked at it. His work ethic was incredible. Michael would say he practiced with excellence so that in the game he could play with excellence. I hope you heard that. He came back to, listen, he came back to basketball right after that, and he ends up winning three more championships back to back to back. He was with the Chicago Bulls for 13 seasons, and really two of those didn't count. One of them, he was injured and only played 17 games, and the other one, he was retired. He was, he was off playing baseball or trying to. And, and so um, out of really just 11 seasons, not 13, he won six championships, and if he hadn't have left that one year, they would have probably won seven. In his first NBA season, Larry Bird said he'd never seen anyone like him, that Jordan was a one of a kind. In the first game in Madison Square Garden, Jordan received a standing ovation for almost one minute after he had scored a playoff record 63 points against the Boston Celtics. Jordan led the NBA in scoring for 10 seasons, which is an NBA record. He tied the record of seven consecutive scoring titles. And get this, nine-time NBA all-defensive first team. Everybody thought he was just a scorer? That's not true. He holds the top career regular season and playoff scoring averages of 30.1 and 33.4 points per game. Jordan was five, had five regular season MVPs and six uh, finals MVPs and three uh, all-star game MVPs. Jordan is the most decorated player in the NBA history. Uh, there's Michael Jordan and there's the rest of us. And that was stated by Magic Johnson. In 1999, an um, uh, ESPN survey of journalists and athletes and other sports figures ranked Jordan the greatest North American athlete of the 20th century, even above Babe Ruth and Muhammad Ali. Television uh, ratings increased, listen to me, increased only during his time in the league. The popularity of the NBA in the U.S. declined after his last title, and he was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2009, and his legacy lives on, as you can see in that video. What a legacy. And I just, listen, we could go, we don't want to, trust me, but we could go on and on because I just scratched the surface. I had to skim to get that. How did Michael Jordan make such an impact. How did he do that? Jordan was known for being extremely competitive, regardless of what it was. He, would, he was competitive in golfing. He was competitive in ping pong. He was competitive in everything he did, baseball, certainly basketball. But when I researched Michael, this one thing stood out to me and I couldn't let it go. Michael was known for, get this, for getting into tiffs and getting into fights with his own players during practice. <laughs> I'd be like, dude, this is practice. I mean, I make millions of dollars. I'm not getting hurt in practice. Cool your jets, man. And I guarantee you nobody said that. But 
the other players would get ticked and the journalists would ask him, why do you do that? And he said, he worked and played hard just like he was in the game when he was in practice because he knew that if he could do it in practice over and over and over and over thousands and thousands of times that he would practice, he never doubted that he could do it in the game when there was millions of people watching. And here it is that I come back to. He says, he practiced with excellence so that he could play the game with excellence. And with that philosophy, he became known as the goat. Here's my point today. What is the impact of excellence? What is it? I don't think any of us could say that. I mean, we know after the fact. I don't think Michael Jordan knew that all of this was going to happen because of what he did. I don't think that he, he, he realized that there would be young men, 33-year-olds, that, that, that would like to fly in the air like Michael Jordan with their tongue hanging out and slam dunk. Become, maybe becoming the first and only NBA basketball player to be a billionaire. What is the impact of excellence. I'd like to talk a little bit more about this. And by doing that, I want to start by looking at Daniel chapter six. I'm going to read quite a bit of scripture here. It says, it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom. And over these, over these satraps were three governors of whom Daniel was one that the satraps might give account to them so that the king would not suffer loss. And then verse three says, then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and above the satraps. Why? Because an excellent spirit was in him and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. And when they heard these other 122 people uh, heard that this was going on. The governors and the satraps sought to find some kind of a charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they couldn't find anything, any fault, because he, he was faithful, nor could they find error or kind of find fault in him. And then these men said, you know what? We shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Like if we can get him where it counts kind of thing. I want to talk to you about particularly today about verse three on this Super Bowl Sunday. It says, this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors, above everybody else, because an excellent spirit was in him. An excellent spirit was in him. When God called me to, um, to pastor, to pastor this church, this right here is one of the things that hit me the hardest I wanted to represent Christ um, with all of the excellence that I could muster. Um, it's an important value to me. It's an important value to the bridge. Um, by the way, let's just give it up to the worship team here. They knew that they were gonna be leading. Ethan knew that he was gonna be leading last night. Last night, he figured this out. Um, let's give it up for the worship team to pull that together. <clears throat> Daniel distinguished himself above the others because he had an excellent spirit. And I think we need to understand this a little bit better uh, today because I believe that we need 
an excellent spirit. In our Christian character, um, uh, we need to ask God for an excellent spirit. An excellent spirit means an excellent attitude, a spirit that demonstrates Jesus Christ. Uh, When we have an excellent spirit, we exemplify Jesus Christ. Daniel, the Bible said, was flawless in his character. He was impeccable. And he existed while he's all this and, 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 and so much. It was incredible. It was a terrible time. He lived in a terrible time. He had been, been taken captive into a, a secular, um, idol-worshiping Babylon culture and, and, and yet still willing to do awesome things for God. The Bible said that Nebuchadnezzar, uh, to build his kingdom, used the smartest and the most gifted people and brought them in. He gave them a new language. Um, he said, hey, no longer are you going to speak Hebrew. You're going to speak uh, Chaldean. And, and, and they couldn't speak Hebrew anymore. And then he changed their names from a Hebrew name to a Babylonian name. He changed their diet. Somebody needs to change my diet. And all of that, all of that was okay. I mean, that was, that was okay. But Nebuchadnezzar realized that he would never really change these people until he changed their worship. As long as they're worshiping their God, my culture doesn't stand a chance, he thought. And so their worship that that connects them to their God is more powerful, he said, than my culture. So he has an idea and he builds this statue, an idol. Uh, And he made a command and he says, hey, listen, when the music plays, everyone in Babylon has to bow down uh, and worship this statue. And the Bible said, everybody bow down except for who? Daniel. He wouldn't bow down. What kind of guts does it take to do that? I, I couldn't help but think, if we're not careful, we, um, just like that generation, our culture today uh, can have a powerful negative influence on our lives. But Daniel said, Hey, I'm not going to let this culture cause me to disconnect from my worship to God. Uh, I'm starting. There are so many things out there that cause and pull our attention today. And we're not going to start worshiping these other things. I don't care what they are. I don't care how fun they are. Let's not, let, let's not have them pulling us and disconnecting us from our God and from our worship. Let's not, let's not worship these things that, are, that we make as idols. We think that we can get involved and we think that we can just let it all soak into our lives. This, some, some of it's nasty. Some of it's filthy. Some of it's okay. But we still let it filter and soak into us in this culture and... and, and And let's not let it disconnect us from God. The enemy's thrilled when we can cause, when he can cause you to break your your relationship and your connection with God. And just as Daniel had to make a decision in in a secular culture, he was was, uh, away from his father. He was away from his 
uh, mother. He was away from those people that could you know, give him guidance. He was away from his pastor, his leadership, and, and he had to make a decision. He says, you know what? I know, I know everyone here is wrapped up in this thing. I know everybody responds to this culture. Everybody's doing it, you know, is what we would say. But, but I have... He thought to himself, I had this higher calling that I must stay committed. We sang about it. I must stay committed and connected to my God no matter where I am. I don't just praise him in the church at Bridge. I don't just praise him when, when the church folks are around. I am who I am in the college dorm. I am who I am in, in the meetings that we have at work. I am who I am on the job. I am who I am wherever I go. And nothing will cause me to bow. Nothing is more powerful in my life than Jesus Christ. I worship him. I don't worship the idols of this culture. Daniel was a spiritual young man. And he had the ability to interpret dreams and to see visions and things like that. But the thing that impressed people more than anything else was the way that he carried himself. He caught the eye of the leadership because he distinguished himself with an excellent spirit. There was something about the way that he conducted himself that set him apart from everybody else. The Bible says that there were 120 what we would call governors, kind of like today, and then maybe that there were three what we would call presidents. I don't know. Uh, That's just kind of the way I would interpret it today. And then there was the king on top. So there were 120 powerful politicians and three presidents, and Daniel was one of the three. And the Bible said that the king watched those three presidents, and he decided to put Daniel over all of them, the other 120 plus the other two guys. What, what was, I began to think, what was Daniel like? I think that if you would give Daniel a vacuum cleaner, I don't think he'd just do just the normal. I think he would like, he'd be vacuuming all over this place and he'd hit everything he could possibly do. And then he would then take the hose out, you know, and he would, he would take all the cushions off of everything and he'd wipe all the cushions down and he'd get in the, you know, in the corners and the crevices and, and he'd make sure that every single, you know, area of the place had been vacuumed and swept up and wiped down and everything looked just perfect and everything looked good in all the corners. Everything was a good job. And, and he didn't do just a half Way job. You know, you all thought I was going somewhere else. He didn't just do the minimum to get by. No, you you see, he had an excellent spirit. The church today needs, the church today needs an excellent spirit. When an excellent spirit comes on you, you you become excellent whatever you do. You do it with diligence. You do it meticulously. You do it thoroughly. You do a a professional job. You do it with passion. You do it with love. You do it with joy. That last one's important, by the way. People watch the way that you work and they watch the way that you succeed and they say, man, he's got it or she's got it together. And that brings glory to God. That causes his kingdom to suffer no damage, as the verse said. 
When we live excellent lives, excellent marriages, excellent relationships with our family and careers and lives and lifestyles, because we want, we want to give glory to God. Christians may have had, they may have had a just ordinary stigma over the years, but those days are gone. I'm telling you, they're gone. We, we've, we've become, I believe anyway, that, that we can be the head and not just the tail anymore as Christians. I, I believe that uh, uh, we, we can be the leaders of business, that, that we belong in politics. Oh, man. That we belong in entertainment, that we belong in medicine, that we belong in law, that we belong even in Hollywood. We belong wherever we go. We don't bow down to today's culture. No, 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 no. We influence the culture for Jesus Christ's sake. And we'll do it with excellence. Excellence affects every aspect of our lives. If an excellent spirit is on you, we should be excellent in our hygiene. It don't take much to be clean, to be presentable. I'd like for you to, we gotta take a break here. I'd like for you to, to, to reach up, give your neighbor a high five and say, if you're excellent, it's gonna show up in your armpits. Go ahead, go ahead, give everybody a high five. Let's, let's take a break here for a second. You need to, you need to put on some deodorant, right? <laughs> All right. It sh- it, yeah. It shows up in your breath. Everybody's digging in their pockets to get a breath mint now. If you're excellent, you won't be slack on your job. Cutting corners and throwing things together at the last minute. When I was younger, and my brothers and all of our wives can attest to this, the service started not at a certain time. It started whenever the song leader had finished going through the songbook to pick out the songs that they were gonna sing for that service. So the musicians, the musicians, they, they didn't know what they were going to have to play until seconds before the service started. You had to be on your toes. Guitars tuned in the middle of service, microphones and PA systems snapping and popping in the middle of service. People didn't get there early to set up and prepare and to practice. And I can't deal with that. I can't. And we're not gonna have that around here. That's why our worship team and our sound technicians and our production team come on Saturdays. They spend and sacrifice their time on Saturdays to be here to practice. And then two and a half hours before we all get here, they're here setting up and practicing and going through it. And some of us are still just rolling over for the second time in bed. But they're doing this in search of excellence every single Sunday. Listen, God deserves our best. 
Oh, you say we're just Christians, Steve. No, 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 no. We are just Christians, and that's why we don't do things halfway. And that's why we don't do things just by, by the seat of our pants. When people come, it needs to be our best every Sunday. Every Sunday. From the time that they arrive into our parking lots until the time that they're driving away from our parking and everything in between. We didn't just greet you uh, with a contagious smile and open the door for you. No, this is what we do for every single person that walks through the door. If the president was coming, we shouldn't need to pull everybody together and say, hey, listen, guys, hey, hey. Heads up, well, come on, get together here. President of the United States is coming. We need to put on our best smile today. We, we need to be as loving as possible today. We need to put on the writ, so to speak, today. No, Jesus Christ deserves our best. Every single time. He's the one that we represent. We need an excellent spirit. Notice something, the king is watching over 123 people and the king noticed out of all of them how Daniel distinguished himself because of why? Because he had an excellent spirit. Okay, so now everybody go home. Organize your closets with excellence. Go home, clean things up. Go wash your car. Goodness sakes, go clean out the trash out of, out of all of y'all's cars. And then, and then, good idea, go get a bridge bumper sticker, not until you wash your car. <laughs> go get a bridge bumper sticker and then put it on there nice and straight. Be excellent in what you do. Uh, you may not have much, but whatever you have, take good care of it and keep it maintained and clean. And, and you may only have one pair of jeans and that pair might have a hole in it. Uh, just make sure that they're clean and then Rip a bigger hole in it, and then you'll be right in style. Don't tell Crystal, but that's exactly what she did. Yep, she stepped out, didn't she? Oh, gosh. Uh-oh. Whatever you do, do it with excellence. I like this about Daniel. He didn't have this just enough to get by attitude. You know, uh, what's the minimum? What's the minimum I gotta do to get this done? And the Bible said it was a good thing that he was like that because they started coming after him. It's like, oh, wait a minute. Let's see what this guy's got going on in his life. Let's go check out his family. Let's go make sure, you know, somewhere, somewhere this guy's got to have messed up. Let's go check his work, his marriage. Uh, uh, let's try to find some, somewhere he's cheating, somewhere like the Patriots, somewhere he's stealing. Uh, um, uh, then let's tell the king. <laughs> okay, I forget it. All right. Let's tell the king about this mess up so that he'll lose his power. But when you have an excellent spirit, it also... It also hits your character, you see? It hits your integrity. And you realize, you know what? I'm to be who God has called me to be no matter where I am, no matter who I am with, and whether I'm at home, whether I'm at work, whether I'm at the store, whether I'm at the restaurant complaining about the fact that they ran out of food, right? 
We, we, we've been there. And, and, and whether it's at the church, they, they, they tried to find anything that they could on Daniel. But notice this, that when the Holy Spirit really gets a hold of somebody, he'll make you dependable all of a sudden. He'll make you trustworthy. He'll make you faithful in what you do. The Bible says that they couldn't find anything. He was what he was because he had an excellent spirit in him. Listen, if there's any place that we need to be absolutely certain and sure that there is excellence, it's in our Christian character and our Christian walk, and it's here at this church. I'd like for all of you to stand together as the worship team comes. My question to you today is still the same. What is the impact of your excellence? You know, we need excellence in our guest services. We need excellence in our cleaning crew here. We need excellence in our worship team, in our bridge kids team, in our nursery, in our link team, in our speakers, and in our promotions. If just one of those areas is slack. If just one of those areas has that just getting by attitude. If just one of those areas has that, well, um, what do you expect? I'm just a volunteer attitude. And what if that happens? on the very day that you finally get that loved one that you wrote down. Finally get that person to show up. And they've come because they're so desperately in need of God, in need of a change in their life. Sometimes we only get one opportunity to make an impact. One opportunity to let your loved one know about the awesome grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. I'm being honest, this is not an ego thing for me. Wouldn't it be a shame if because of our lack of excellence somewhere, someone left this place who was in desperate need left without Jesus or meeting Jesus. This is important to the bridge. What I'm trying to say is the impact of our excellence here at the bridge could be as serious as determining the destination of your loved one's eternity. That's why it's important when we're having service and we're right in the middle of service and, and we're worshiping and, and people are trying to settle into, we're not running around and going into the, the restrooms. Find the restroom before you get in. You know, we only, we're only here for an hour.
talking about basketball championships here. We're not talking about cool basketball shoes. We're not talking about fame and and fortune. We're talking about the souls of the people, our loved ones who walk through our doors. Let's be excellent and, and introduce them to an excellent God, to an excellent love, to an excellent grace of Jesus Christ. To me, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. To me, that's, that, that's worth getting passionate about. To me, that's worth losing sleep over. That, to me, that's worth going the extra mile. It's, it's worth several hours to put together a video to promote something for Jesus Christ. It's worth 20 hours a week to prepare for a message to speak the word of God to you. It's worth getting up early to practice. It's worth breaking through your, your, your shyness to greet the loved ones, our loved ones that walk through the doors with this huge, contagious uh, uh, smile with a big hello. It's worth cleaning the toilets to make our restrooms smell nice. It's worth going downtown to feed the hungry. It's worth setting time aside to pray every single day. It's worth giving your time and giving your money and giving your resources to. My question to you is, What is the impact of excellence?